I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. I'm attorney Barry Boykin. And here we are in part two of episode 27. This episode includes our special guest, Patrick Denkwa John. We've been talking about what parents should say to their kids. And when questions are raised, or they're in a custody or divorce or a, some sort of visitation battle. And so, Kevin, you've got some pretty good measures of how to, how to combat that. What stays in mom's house, what goes in mom's house stays in mom's house. Okay. Should I unroll and read from the <laughs> scroll here? Okay. So um, if we're all the high priests of knowledge here, I, I have a scroll I keep here on the shelf of how to deal with this situation. And I've unrolled it before. Okay. Bear with me, Patrick. And now I want to hear how much I'm wrong. Because please, you know, jump in here. Okay. Here's my thought. When you're with your child, and I'm talking about during a custody battle or divorce, and things are not exactly totally copacetic, and there's a little conflict. Okay. <clears throat> not 15 years later when everything settled down. No. When it's still kind of warm, maybe hot, when you're with your child, the other parent doesn't exist. And I mean, to carry it to extremes, if they start talking about the other parent, you change the subject or cut them off. This weekend, we went to the park. Oh, that's okay. You know, well, let's let's not talk about that. And hey, you want some ice cream or whatever. Just changing the subject whenever the child is talking about life on the other side of the wall, as I call it. The, fen the fence or wall being the parenting schedule, right? But the rigidness of that seems to offend everybody in the system. I have had almost nobody agree with me. But that rigid approach, just cutting off the, the, the children mid-sentence in a gentle way now, about 20 times, and then they'll stop. They'll stop conveying information. They'll stop reporting what they did on the weekend. They'll stop carrying the water for the other parent if they want, you know, digs and questions. And then quiet, and you can hear the crickets, and it's so peaceful. You combine that with a rigid adherence to the parenting schedule, never allowing a single variation. No way. Well, let's switch weekends. My Aunt Harriet's in town. Sorry, we're following the schedule. Rigid adherence to the parenting schedule, and then not allowing the child to talk about the other parent. I had one parent say, this last six months has been the most peaceful I've ever had. And he, it was a daughter, a teenage daughter was whipsawed between. And when he stopped, he did my way, he tried it. And while it's counterintuitive, and I'm saying nobody seems to agree with me, and I'm saying judges too. When I, when I come out with this, everyone's like, well, you got to talk to your child. But when you try it, it actually works. Now, can you tell me problems you see for that? Because obviously you've seen it another, another way. Before we go further, this podcast is no substitute for the specific legal advice you will get by consulting one-on-one -on -one with a licensed attorney in your state or country. We hope that before taking any action that might change your life or your financial situation, and before making decisions that might significantly affect your children and the people around you, you do find and meet with a licensed attorney. Now, now on, with, on the with the show. I, you know, there is something to be said that if you can't say something nice about somebody, then don't say anything at all. So that would be a little modification. I mean, you're like, don't say nothing at all. Just nothing, nothing. Don't even say anything nice. I, I would say, nothing. no, yep. look for nice things to say. Because, you know, I ask people questions like, and I can be confrontational at times. You know, so people are like, oh, well, they're terrible. I'm like, you know, they weren't terrible when you were sleeping with them, though. I mean, they were the cat's meow when you were sleeping with them. And then now that you're not together, they're Jeffrey Dahmer. Now tell me when this transformation happened. When did this transformation happen? And so when someone feels the need uh, 
told they have to badmouth this other person, right? Why do you have to badmouth? Is this person a, a serial killer? Why do you got to badmouth him? Even if it's a bad parent or you think they have some qualities you don't like, your <clears> child <throat> will notice this on their own. You need to be quiet about it. And you don't need to fan the flames. But I'm, I'm, but I'm not talking about, like, not say bad things. And I'm saying the other side so, may so be saying bad things. The other side may be allowing debriefing after every visit. They want to know everything that happened, you know, and they want to know what you ate and everything. And that's all being done on the other side, which we can't control. So on this side of the fence, just cut off all the communication through the child. The child's no longer a conduit for information and let the child revert back to just being a child. Cause you know, they get these hard adult yeah. eyes after a while in this yeah, conflict. I right. But here, here's the, here's the problem as I see it. Patrick, if you let me jump in here for a minute that, and that is that, and there may be a difference. I'd be curious to know, Kevin, between between mothers and fathers in this. But if you have a, an unending stream of negative from the other side, and uh, so it, it builds up. So the other parent, some parents are naturally silent. You know, they're not. They're going to respond as Patrick said. Don't say anything if it's not nice about the other person. We're trained. Some of us are trained that way. Don't let it come out if it's if it's not nice. But then something is building up, you know. Uh, every every time something negative is bombarding from the other side about the exotic dancer and about uh, you know, she, she drinks too much. What, who is she out with? I know she's out with that other guy. You know, it's just a constant stream coming, 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 coming. And no, it, it and I see that kind of kind of your what, answer, you mean, you mean, Kevin, is just squelch it. Just when it starts, the stream starts, just squelch it. But that's not really working with my clients. You know, they're getting they're just building up this resentment because of all that negativity. And eventually, at some point, they explode back and they say, well, he never told you he was a drug dealer. He never told you he was a, he was. A <laughs> so so that's that's kind of the experience that, that we have. I looked up his girlfriend on the Internet and she's got a. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and, even, even when it's so not tip you're saying, bad, even if it's not even if the person is holding back at some point, you know, it, it's a pressure cooker. You know, they want to, they're going to explode if, if they're holding it in too long. Were you saying negative stream of information through the child? Like they're coming back with stories and, and barbs and questions well, and stuff? Well, keep in mind, it's saying? not limited to the child. It's every direction that can be possible. Yeah. So it's Facebook from France. You know, it's the child. It's the next door neighbor. You know, it's the, it's the people that work, co-workers that work. Every possible avenue of negativity that the other side can can wage. It's a war, man. It's a war, and 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 so I, okay, I, I, you know the other person is just trying to hold, you know, hold back and put the finger in the dike from this flood of negativity. Now, what people don't understand, and I tell them if they try this, if it's kids or if it's adults, the truth is, I'm sure you all have all um, been in situations, even if you're not an attorney in the case, where you've got a friend or a family member and they're going through a breakup. And they're so angry and bitter and they have nothing but bad to say about their ex, okay? Even adults don't want to hear that mess, man. I mean, you know, you feel sympathetic when the person just breaks up and after a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. But you don't want to hear that negativity about their ex anymore. Even adults don't want to hear it. So if adults don't want to hear it about a neighbor or about a stranger that they don't even know, then think the kids don't want to hear negative stuff about their mom or dad all the time and be bombarded. So what I found is if, if one parent's being negative all the time, the person who's being hit with that, if they can just sit still for a minute 
and tell the child, okay, I'm st- just take a neutral position. Don't fight back and don't defend yourself and don't defend yourself <clears throat> because what's going Thanks. to happen is the kid's going to get fed up with that other parent's negativity. That's going to naturally happen. Yeah. The challenge is yeah. you said, Barry, is who can, who's got the patience when they're in the middle of this to say, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to take the blows because Barry said, in six months, it'll all be better. <laughs> so, 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 so people don't want to sit and take the blows. And you know what I've told people sometimes? I've said, you know what? Since people like to tell you, oh, I heard my cousin's plumber said that this is what happened in his case. Can we do this in this case? I'll ask people, say, Look, well, when you go to go talk to your boyfriend's plumber's you know, stepdaughter, ask them a couple questions. The fight that they had in court, especially if they had a lawyer, I want you to ask them in retrospect, what would they do differently? Go back and ask them, would Mm. they settle sooner or would they have kept on fighting or would they have done exactly? Go back and ask that question. And don't ask one person, go ask every plumber and their boyfriend, go ask everybody. And and what I find (laughs) is that when people ask that question, instead of just wanting to, to, to fix something now, Ask about what was that process like? How much money? How much stress? How much this? When did you give? When did you not give? And and then everybody will end up coming back and saying, yeah, you know what? They said it really was, you know, I made more out of it than I should have most of the time. That's what most people, once the dust has settled, will say, right? They will say, you know, yeah. in hindsight, that was, I kind of made that more stressful than it had to be. So, but if they hear that from their friends and family who've been through their things, um, that look, you know what, just let go. I remember I had a case one time, there was a guy and uh, he had a little kid and he and the mom, they were fighting over custody and visitation and we were in the room, in, in the side room, we were talking, we were arguing, and we were always arguing about this and that and he decided he was going to bring some of his female relatives to court. Now, they wouldn't go in the courtroom, they would just be in the side rooms trying to work it out in the hallway because they knew, the, you know, his wife and so they're trying to talk. So they come and we're talking, we're trying to work uh-huh. things out. And um, I guess he, at one point he was upset with me because he felt that I wasn't being pushy enough or aggressive enough. And I'm telling him, you know, whenever you tell your clients to, 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 to be reasonable, they always say that, you know, who are you working for? The other side, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I found that. But yes, family law, they're very, very suspicious if you if you right. don't like come on like a pit bull, even though that's exactly. not appropriate. So, so, not so, gonna get so he didn't like the fact. Yeah. So he figured he was going to bring his female relatives, I guess. And they were going to give me a, a talking to. So he brought some of his female <laughs> relatives there and we were in the room privately and we were trying to see work it out. And then I said, OK, well, listen, this is what's going on. And this is what your relative wants, your male the, the father. And this is what mom wants. And this is what they're offering. So I'm not kidding you. His female relatives looked at him and they said, this is what you've been fighting over. This is what you've been complaining to us that the lawyer is, is not fighting for you. You are full of it. You are full of it. And they, they started beating him. It was like watching a, a WWF tag team. <laughs> And they started saying, you are stupid. You have no respect for that woman. You need to give her everything she's asking for. What is wrong with you? Blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm just sitting there going, man, I wish every client would bring their relatives like this, you know? And so then after that, okay, fine, they leave. So next time we had a status, 
it's court time, but it's not uh, right. evidence so and, and heavy testimony time. Right. So next time we come back on a status, he's there. And I said, well, are we waiting for your female relatives? Because you had told me before that they were going to be involved in the case from henceforth. That's what you told me. He had said that these are my female relatives. <laughs> and, you know, basically, this is my posse. They're going to be here to, to support me at every single court date from now on. So that's what he said at first. And then they went <laughs> off on him in the room. And so when we had our next status date, he comes, but I don't see the relatives. And so I said, oh, well, are we going to wait a few minutes for your female relatives? He said, no, nah, I don't want them involved in my business. I don't want them in my business. Uh, people are nosy. They're my business. And so, so I'm like, boy, if people could bring their relatives. I'm sure you both have had problems with this or situations like this. People will come to you and then they'll say, well, you know, I talked to my brother and, you know, I told him what's going on. And he said that this ain't right what's happening to me. And the truth is that the client's not telling the whole truth to their friends and family. They're not telling the whole truth. They're telling a part of the truth. And then based on that part of the truth and their friends or family don't realize that. And then they're revving them up. You know, they're revving them up. They're like, what? That's a raw deal. You're getting robbed. That judge might as well be wearing a ski mask and carrying a gun. You've been robbed. You need to tell your lawyer to get in there and start pounding that table. And all based on half information, you know? And so. so oh, yeah. So, so when this you guy said it exactly right. In, he was pumping them up. But when they got in there and they saw this is what the other side wants and this is his position, they, I mean, they practically pimp slapped him right there. I wish I could get more people to bring their relatives in. I've had one or two. That's the most striking case. But I've had a couple where people will bring a relative in and say, well, do you want me to talk to this person? And you tell them everything. Like, okay. And then you tell them, and then, and then the relative is, you know, especially sometimes people have their parents paying their bill, you all, I'm sure. And, you know, and mom is like, <laughs> and mom and dad is like, listen, I'm paying the bill. And I want to know what, what is going on here. And I say, do I have permission? Can I tell mom this and that? Oh, yeah, tell mom, tell dad. And then I tell them, and then mom and dad looks at their, their kid, and it's like, is this what you're spending my money on? This is what you're spending my money on? Oh, no, this is this is happening right now. Right now, baby girl, right now. So bringing people, um, the adults, I should say, the older generation, granny, grandpa, um, I find that can really be helpful mm -hmm. because usually that's the real family support, too, that these people are getting. So for our listeners then, if they find themselves thinking, this is like war, this is terrible. I'm on the Titanic looking for a lifeboat, it's terrible. They should maybe talk with wise counsel, maybe their older the relatives or their parents and get some perspective on what seems to them to be a huge world ending fight to the death, which maybe it's just who gets custody of the dog or you know something like that, or like who gets a tax deduction in odd years, and and it's not to an outsider, maybe their their friendly relative. It's it's going to be yeah. They more, give, they give they them some perspective, and, that, and you know, and uh, I remember I had a case where somebody was upset because oh, dad's supposed to pick the kid up at a certain time at the school, and um, anyway, dad didn't do it, and <clears throat> so the person was just so upset. I said, wait a minute. I mean, tell me what terrible thing happens. If the other parent is 15 minutes late for the pickup at school or daycare, tell me what happened. Just walk me through it. Well, then the school's going to call me and, and, and I got to go. Okay. And, and how far are you from the school? Five minute drive. Okay. So the school's going to call you at 6.05 or 6.10. Then you're going to have to go pick the child up. So again, tell me what terrible thing happens 
tell me how the sky falls. Tell me how, <laughs> well, I guess I guess it's nothing real terrible. I said, but you're starting a whole war here because someone's 15 minutes late. And, you know, when you're calling me and, 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 and you want everybody, what, what do you want? You want the guy on death row? I mean, what do you want? <laughs> I love the way you talk to people. It's like the, the, the judge with the ski mask and a yeah, gun. Like, what do you, you want, want him on death row? I, I think you want him on I, death row? What do you want? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also appreciate Patrick's approach. And I, I would say that it, it's a beautiful thing when you, you have a client who is either upset or very angry and they calm all the way down. And, and really, sometimes their disposition becomes sweeter because of, of something like that, where, where they talk to someone who's wise. Yes. And someone someone other than necessarily the attorney. And they say, okay, I see it now. Attorney, you were telling me the right thing. I, I see it now. And, yes. And I'll be, good from, I'll be good from now on. I had a case many, many years ago with a guy who um, wanted to get, uh, had a visitation dispute with his child, and the mom was doing all kinds of, she was hanging out with nefarious characters, criminals. And, and I remember mm -hmm. he had a dispute and I remember telling him, you know what? You should um, not fight this particular issue that we were fighting. Let it go because in the end, your kid is going to end up coming back to you. If mom is a terrible person, you are telling me she is. Okay. Then just have a little patience. And so he followed my advice, but I have to twist his arm. I'll never forget, about a year later, I see this guy walking into my office. And, uh, and I, rec I barely recognized him. I said, hey, yeah, you know, it's Mr. So-and-so, how can I help you? Um, he says, you know, I just happened to be um, downtown, not too far from this building. And I just wanted to, do you remember me? He said, yeah, I remember you well. He says, I just wanted to stop in and shake your hand and thank you. Because when you advised me to take such and such position a year ago, I really thought that you were telling me to lay down and be a welcome mat and to just be abused. But, but let me tell you something, you were really right on because in the end, mom did her stupid stuff. The guy that she was fooling with, he screwed her over. And then she came back to me all apologetic. And she says, now I see my kid whenever I want to. There's no issue. And mom is, apologetic and remorseful. Mm. I said, see, now, if you had fought and fought, you might have won, you might have lost, but you and mom wouldn't have that relationship. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you. Her pride would not have allowed That's her right. to back down either. Maybe because she found out Bruce was a loser on her own, that it didn't have to be from him, that was easier for her to accept. And yes. Right. So, you exactly. know, but, but again, I like it's it. patience. Um, and you know what? Mm, hey, well, who, you know, ben, ben Franklin has a saying, who's the richest person in the world? He who is contented with the least. And who is that? Nobody. So, you know, it's <laughs> when you tell people to be patient when they're in the middle of all this, <clears throat> it's, it's the one thing that they should, the one quality that I think most litigants need to have. And it's just the hardest thing for most people to have it at the time and in the moment. Well, we have about uh, seven minutes left here. And, I think we have done a good job, I think, this time of offering people hope, uh, you know, like maybe a, a bright future in the midst of their darkness. And, the, you know, they're in the, this kind of a tunnel and hopefully the sunlight is out there somewhere, but they're not listening to our podcast because everything's going great. Right. So 
Is there anything we can we can do, Barry and Patrick, and I'll offer mine too, to give people a sense of hope? It, these are complex situations, but there's some simple approaches or some simple methods that can cut through all the crap. And I'll offer mine. Okay. As again, a controversial method here. Okay. When you're with your child, the other parent doesn't exist. That means you don't you don't entertain conversations about them at all. Now, it could be said, and I heard you say, Patrick, well, you could say the occasional good thing about them. Yes, well, you could. But by locking it down, pass through to a world that we don't talk about dad at all. And I have people look at me sideways like, what? What? You got to look. So it's good to find a counselor for the child because they do have a lot of pent up stuff. But you as a parent make a lousy counselor. If you think, well, gosh, you seem down. Are you okay? Yeah, dad was mean to me today. And I didn't, you know, he said I was putting too much sugar on my cereal. And will you tell him that, you know, you're not a good counselor because you're too involved. And by letting the child bring over things, they're bringing three. I tell people there's three, three lines of stuff that come over. There's information like a video camera. Yeah, we went to the park. We saw a nice tree. We rode on the merry-go-round. Simple information. Another channel is questions. Could be, mommy, you know, why does Bruce sleep over on weekends? You know, and then straight out digs like, you know, two-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, you know, like, mommy, uh, what's an a-hole? You know, what do you mean? Well, daddy says you're an a-hole. The words that mean something to an adult, it goes right past the child, but they repeat it back, right? <clears throat> so you don't know when your child is now opening their mouth, what you're going to hear. Straight information, digs, questions, pointed questions, hurtful things. And so to cut it all off, because you can't filter. Well, only tell me about your week, but don't mention anything what daddy said. The child is not in that business of filtering. You don't want the child to have to filter, which they will, by the way, if you let them talk. They'll filter the stuff that they think you want to hear. They give them mom face, dad face that we've talked about. So anyway, that's my hopeful thing. Just cut them off. Just have your life without talking about the other parent and watch the calmness descend on your household and your child will relax, visibly relax. And like you said, parent, it does drive the solution because the other parent may be interrogating the child after each visit, is, is telling stuff uh, and everything. So then who does the child really gravitate to? The calm parent. And I tell parents, hey, think of this. You're like the fa- for your child, you are way up there in the clouds. You're like the face on Mount Rushmore. You are like granite. You are unstoppable. You can't be seen crumpling in the corner and crying. You can't be seen to be rattled by all this stuff. You got to be solid, solid. Do your crying when you're not with your child, but just when you're with your child, just be solid. So anyway, can you offer some hopeful things people could take from this today? When people don't want to be uh, patient is I ask them, think back to their own childhood and recall that whatever they thought about their parents and their parents' parenting styles, abilities, parenting choices, you don't think the same about your parents at 10 as you do at 30, right? So I remind people of that. And I say, look, just like you got older and you started looking at your parents differently and making adult judgments and assessments as you got older, your kids are going to do the same thing to you and this other person. So this is what I hope to tell them to motivate them to say, hey, I mean, your kids aren't stupid. Okay, just like you got more mature views of your parents as you got older, they're going to have more mature views of you, of, of moms and dads. And you don't have to go in and think you have to fix everything like it's Game of Thrones. And so know that actually it does get easier. That's the one hopeful thing I would say, because as the kids get older, they're going to get older. 
And as they get older and more mature, they make more independent decisions. Um, they do more thinking. And it's really not going to, they really aren't going to care so much what either person says. They're going to watch what you do. They're going to start judging you based on what you do. So the hopeful thing is to let people know that things do get better <clears> because your kids, as they get older, just like when you got older, they are going to start making their own impressions and opinions of you and the other parent. For my part, I'd say that uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is that uh, the practice of kindness goes a long way. So kind of modeling kindness for the kids with the other parent, even when the parent is uh, abusive and uh, disparaging and, and critical all the time, argumentative, uh, I think responding to that with a kind word, let's say even a patient word, kind of uh, turning the other cheek to some ex extent. I like the idea, too, of the, the passage of time that they have compared the divorce situation much like the stages of grief yeah. a person goes through in losing a loved one. And so we, we've often heard the this, this saying that time heals all wounds. Of course, we've also heard it said that time wounds all heal. <laughs> <laughs> but in enough time, then, then it gets better. It gets better. So I think that's a hopeful word to bring away with it. It looks like we've come to the end of our time for this episode. And uh, thank you to Patrick. I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. I'm attorney Barry Boykin. I'm attorney Patrick Denkwa-John. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.